Hello and welcome to the Film Ireland podcast. I'm Gemma Cray and I'm chatting with Dinian director Damien McCann and writer Ashling Clark. Thank you guys so much for chatting with us. Thank you for having Thank us. You. So uh, first up, I'll formally say this. I have said this before, but it's it's a wonderful, um, tense thriller. It's uh, really well performed, great sense of location and, and space. Um, fantastic job all around. Really a joy to watch. I just want to talk a little bit about your collaboration. So you guys teamed up. Ashling, you wrote this together you wrote this but you guys developed the concept together is that is yeah that- um we were introduced by a, a mutual friend um Damien had already done a whole uh, bunch of really great documentaries and he was looking at moving into uh, a narrative fiction feature film and um our friend put us in touch with each other uh, it's actually the first time I've written for someone else I'm a director myself and it's the first time I wrote for someone else but so we, our first meeting, we went for a coffee and we didn't have anything except, you know, the the possibility of doing something. So we just discussed what kind of films we like, what we had in common in that respect. And we're both into that kind of thriller genre. And we grew it from there, basically. And yourself, Damien, how, how did that relationship sort of grow from there? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty straightforward enough, actually, thinking back on it now. Um we, as Ashlyn said, it was, we had our first couple of meetings and then pretty quickly, as I remember it now, maybe I'm misremembering, but Ashlyn came back pretty quickly with a, the outline of a potential idea and the, the basic kind of acorn of an idea, which is about a guy who has a, a holiday home on a remote island um, with his wife and child. And when he goes back to the mainland for a bit of work, when he returns, the wife and child are missing. Um which I thought was, yeah, it's, as, as all good ideas are, they're, you know, they're quite simple. Um, and so we, we sort of developed it from there. We, uh, we shared stories. You know, we, we both had an interest in island culture and island life and island stories. And we shared some stories that we'd heard um, over the years and sort of took it from there. But my memory of it was, was very, very painless. I, maybe I'm wrong, Ashlyn. Was, was <laughs> no, no, I think you're right. I think it was actually... Um, yeah, I mean, it's as I say, it's my first experience of writing for someone else. So I don't really have something else, anything to compare it to. But I've done a lot of development and I think the development was was actually pretty painless. That was the one thing. Well, once the development was done and, and, you know, once the script had been written, that's where, where I started to panic then thinking, a wee bit, you know, once a director has written you a script to be the director on it. Then you start second guessing yourself as to what that person was thinking of, and um, Ashlyn had made the Devil's Door, which which I was a huge fan of, and um, so yeah, it's then about trying to take your own ownership over it and try not to second guess it too much. But we'd some early instances where I was able to share location photos, or I was able to send some cast and decisions to Ashlyn, and we both seemed to be on the same page about it. So from there on out, I felt a bit more comfortable that you know, whatever groundwork we'd done together in the development, that it was kind of going in the right direction in terms of a, a unified vision for what the film should be. Yeah. And actually, Ashley, that's that's a good, that's an interesting thing. So you had been directing most of your own work. Was there an element of relief of just getting to go, well, I've developed as much as I want, I can hand it over. Was there a little bit of, of nervousness? And um, I know obviously you're, you're in good hands and, and what happened there, but I know it can be like, other people might not make the creative choices that you always make. Yeah, I mean, I think I am um, 
quite sort of easy going in that respect. I, 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 it's not that I would have an issue with writing for anyone else necessarily, but um, sorry, my dog was shaking and that probably <laughs> that important extra uh, surprise guest. I was <laughs> known somewhere. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, um, I hadn't written for anybody else before, but I, you know, I liked Damien as soon as I met him. We knew people in common. I knew he was going to do a good job. I'd seen some of his work. And in some ways, actually, it's sort of a, it's quite nice to write something and then go, well, that's my job done, you know? So like you just hand it off and and I knew that it was in good hands and I knew that they would do a good job and it was, um, they did a phenomenal job and it was actually quite nice to just go, well, you know, there it is. And, uh, and it wasn't an, e- an easy shoot for the guys, but COVID and they, uh, and all that, it was shot during the pandemic and, um, I was just kind of sitting at home going, oh, okay, I'm sorry to hear that. But then like, you know, <laughs> I didn't have all of the uh, stress to deal with that the guys did. And in some ways that's quite nice, actually. You just, you create it, you send it off, you know, it's going to uh, be done well. And then that's it, you know? So I have other projects of my own on the go anyway, but it was quite nice to, um, and then to see the final result, you know, that's really, because when you're making it yourself, you're so in it the whole way. And, there's never really a big surprise, you know, because you're every element of it has been um, you've been so on top of. But to see have this big surprise at the end on unveiling was just really remarkable. So you talked about the development scheme that you guys put in for and it being very painless. So I presume you guys submitted this project specifically for that scheme. Well, I, I actually I can't, rem- I can't remember the timeline of it now. I mean, I. I had I had wanted to do something, and particularly I'd wanted to do something in the Irish language. Um, that's you know it's a big passion of mine, and, and one of the draws towards Ashland was that she'd gone through primary and secondary school in Irish, and she would have that understanding of the language and the, and the culture and, and, and the stories. Um, I think I think maybe we maybe had started discussions about working together, and then pretty soon afterwards, as it happened, this scheme came up in the north. Uh, part of Northern Ireland Screen, there's an Irish language broadcast fund, which does a lot of great work and they work with TG Car and BBC. And this opportunity come up through a scheme called Gallon here, which is a low budget uh, feature film initiative, effectively. So I think Ashton and I had already started by that, you know, chatting by that point. Uh, but then once the scheme came up, we were pretty certain what they were after and, you know, what was involved in terms of budget. And of course, the budget usually dictates how you write the script and how you kind of come up with the idea in terms of you can have loads of locations and, and special effects and things like that so I think once the scheme then came up we started factoring that into the idea so that's my memory of it anyway well, yeah you didn't go the lowest because there was there was some great sea scenes in there and boats and yeah. water and storms well, well when I first read the, the script oh, no. and it was called I, I think at the time Ashton was using a working title called Bad Weather and I remember thinking, oh, this isn't going to go well, you know, I mean, eventually we're going to have to, it's going to have to rain at some point. I know my luck will be filming in June and, you know, the sun will be splitting the rocks. But uh, I think it was, again, I, Ashlyn had made the devil's doorway, so had an understanding for what a low budget feature, the restrictions involved, the budget involved and what you can and can't do. So whilst there are, whilst there are moments, you know, Ashlyn certainly picked the moments in the script uh, where you could go a wee bit 
you know, a wee bit bigger without going over the top. And then it was just a matter of when we were we were in production, figuring out how we would actually go about that. I mean, there's a final scene. I don't think it's a spoiler to say the storm's coming. The film's called Dinyan, which means storm in English. And so a storm's got to come at some point. It's that checkoff thing, isn't it? You know, so uh, it was trying to figure out how to do that as simply as possible um, and as cheaply as possible, I guess. But I think we succeeded all right with it. <laughs> Looks great. Um <laughs> Yeah, so what was that budget in the end for it? I'm always afraid of getting in trouble for talking about budget. <laughs> or like rough, rough, rough. If, well, we had 18 days shoot. It would be similar in the south. I know there's the POV scheme. It would be a similar budget da- da around that. And then in the north, we have, uh, wow, yeah. we have new 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 talent focus. So it would be, it's 18 days shoot. Um, it's, a, it's, a low, it's a low budget. But, you know, again, it's about being it's about being smart with the with the story decisions when Ashlyn's sitting down to write it and then for my own purposes it's about you just have to prepare everything within an inch of its life and you know I had there are 397 setups in the film and every single one of them were shot listed and it's you know it's not always nice to work that way because you want the flexibility of changing on the day but on an 18 day shoot in the middle of a pandemic you just can't do it so I just made sure that it was prepped you know within an inch of its life and I knew every shot and you know what I wanted to do within the location so I think it it, it works out okay with all that stuff factored in in pre-production. I'm just wondering if you could chat to me a little bit about the the characters as well um Ashley would you have been involved with the casting would that have been something's totally hands-off would you have had people in mind? Um no I didn't and actually that's kind of just the way I work when I'm writing I don't think of of people uh it's not fully conscious I just don't and I know some other people do and always whenever I submit a script people go oh who are you who do you have in mind as if you have someone I do I find it kind of limiting to do that for some reason in just the way my mind works but um so I didn't have anybody in mind they were completely made up people in my head but when Damien came back and said that he thought that uh Breach Brennan was maybe considering it, I was thinking, oh my goodness, that's just phenomenal, really good casting. She would be absolutely, I didn't know that she had any Irish and it turns out that she she had school Irish, but she you'd never know it from the film uh, with how it was managed. But uh, she was phenomenally cast, perfect, better than I could have imagined. And um, yeah, I was really pleased with the casting choices. She was fabulous. And I think that wizened, character that kind of knowledgeable soul to the earth knows that the the area and empathetic it was kind of like it was a breath of fresh air to watch you're you're kind of watching the you look at the log line and you think it would be quite a a a male heavy film but it it isn't you know like if you look at the kind of the the driving forces of that is the wife and um and again the the investigator so it's 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 a pleasure to watch as well because it takes you a little bit in the, in the unexpected. You don't like me, Shim. you. Slon, slon, the bochalim yog that hood. Kuploer, she's a mate. Okay. It's just been quite intense lately. She hasn't been herself. <laughs> Sometimes I worry that she might. She might. 
now. Tomavan Kayla Ariarik Hugs Oah. Yeah, if you could just tell me a little bit about where the characters came from, then if you're. Um, I think because we were talking about and I love this kind of thriller, I love thriller genre films. And obviously that's kind of my thing. Um, but they are very often very male uh, oriented. The perspective and uh, the point of view are very male. Everything's very masculine. It's all very heavy in that in that direction. Uh, and whereas actually women are a huge portion of the market for these films. Women love thrillers. That was something that was, you know, has been recently recognized. So um I think if when I was faced with writing a thriller of my own uh, rather than a horror film, I was thinking it'd be really nice to have an unexpected female perspective, because I think when we very often some of those films, too, when they have women in them, they're not women that I recognize from real life. I'm like, who are these people? You know, the the tropes, the female tropes that we see. So um, I almost like they're women, but viewed through the gaze of a man. Yeah, like they're imaginary. Just like I've never met a woman like this, you know. So whereas Irish women uh, uphold so much of society quietly in the background, especially mothers, grandmothers do so much and are unseen and unappreciated. And uh, that's kind of where the idea for the character of Leisha was born. An older woman who's been through everything and she's very wise. She knows exactly what the crack is. But because she's a woman, she's underestimated by the male characters who think she's no one to worry about. I think she's going to be silly and um, a bit daughtery, whatever, you know, but actually she's, that's her, that's their Achilles heel and that's her strength because she is very on the ball. And uh, that's kind of where she was born. And then again with Siobhan, um, in the first part of the film, you might think I've seen this character before and that's sort of intentional uh, where it seems like she's this, you know, um, slightly weak malleable person but she totally upends your expectation at a certain point in the film and then you're like I just always want to see that I always want to see women behaving in films the way women in my life women that I know myself I just want to see that and uh, if I was in this situation what would I do and that's what I wanted to put on the screen and even in the dynamics in the way that they engage with the world and even the way that they in their own way confront the world it's very um it feels very truthful like it's not a direct argument it's not it's it's a quiet processing I really enjoyed that it reminded me in Happy Valley a little bit where I was like god I'd seen that setup before where it's you know police officer investigating a crime but you know here's somebody that I know 
who's you know kind of like the mom the local woman who who knows the areas seeing it through the Irish language as well and and that the kind of texture that that gives it because it, it gives it its own kind of strong sense of character like this is a strong sense of place and you capture the place and the the local kind of characters so you have like like it's not a spoiler it's like one of the the, the kind of side characters uh, talking about 5g and, and kind of really getting into it but it, but it makes like it's a nice break as well to from that like quiet intensity and you know you're expecting like pause beat shock reveal surprise and then you're like actually you, you moments of kind of observation and humor where did those bits come from or well, I'm I'm from the country myself. Uh, I'm from the Republic of Ireland originally, but um, I've been in South Armagh for, or my family moved to South Armagh when I was a teenager, and uh, I just this is, is recognisable to me. You know, you would see um, posters put up on lampposts. Don't know who's doing it. No idea who's behind it. But now and then, you would just see this. Someone is having a panic about something that feels quite conspiracy-ish. And um, I, I have seen no 5G, you know, 5G causes cancer. It's been other things across the years that people were um, quietly having a little panic about. So uh, I don't know what it is about rural communities where you can kind of get this little phenomenon and it, it's catching. And then people kind of get together into a little clump and they're all worrying about this specific thing. I think that's something that I've seen coming from rural community. But, it, but it's enjoyable as well. And it's not even sort of tiring that particular character with this negative brush because, you know, when the, the lead kind of goes in and, and demands help, he's the first person that was like as well, like, you know, I'll, I'll help you. You know, it's not, yeah, it's not a Because character. I think that kind of thinking uh, is, it's coming from a place of... Um, feeling a responsibility for your community, feeling a connection with your community and the sense of us being a group that protect each other, that help each other. I think that's where it comes from. So, yeah. Excellent. So you talked about it kind of developing it for um, the scheme. And again, the, 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 the limitations of that as well, of working with a smaller budget. Could you, like, were there any darlings that had to go? I don't know. Oh, Tim, do you, um, well, the, I, I do remember when he sat down, there was some there was some stuff that there were some scenes in cars and on boats. And I remember the scenes didn't go, but I think they were just tweaked because obviously once you're in the low loader and things like that, you could be out, you know, for a day and get three minutes worth of material. So I think there was maybe there were conversations within cars and conversations on boats that I think were just yeah. put on land. But again, it's you don't notice it anymore you know it's like once you kind of figure out a you know just the, the right way around it or the clever way around it you don't miss it and there's enough in the cars going between places that it, that it all works out okay but I think that was the only restriction that yeah, I yeah the only the only thing and it's a really small thing the only thing that I I miss is I had Tomas as a course <laughs> fan <laughs> do you remember you had a what <laughs> Tomas was a course fan and and my story, oh yes like he was listening yes. to the best of the course <laughs> there would have been licensing issues there that's right i remember that as well yeah Yeah, when he turns on the radio the course on yes yeah Yeah. yeah. and every time he gets back into the car came back on Mm -hmm. which was very good and just tell me a little bit then about um the edit so if you had this planned uh if you had this planned jamie so meticulously did that make the edit easier 
was it a long edit again and it, and talk to me while we're while you're chatting about the sound mix as well that... it was it was a bit of both I guess it was you know there's still so much to do in the edit you know and, and I was lucky I work with an editor called Soraha Nagilawara and I often think you're talking about those characters of Leisha and Siobhan I, I often think particularly with Siobhan actually you know the Ashton wrote the character you know um Claire Monley kind of became the character and then saw her at a certain point then kind of took up the baton and and she was very good at you know looking at performances and small moments noticing what Claire was doing and things like that um but certainly you know once you've got it you know once you've got only a certain amount of shots you're kind of limited as to where you can go but you know I I really I always enjoy the edit I mean it's a strange process during a pandemic because it's I never I never once sat with Sarah in a room together. It was always on, on the computer, um, and then the sound mix. I, I, you know, the sound mix to me was the most exciting part because it it almost creates a separate world altogether again, and particularly with the locations we're talking about. You know, these kind of wild, rugged, uh, remote places. You know, once the wind's all built in and the rain's built in and all that sort of exterior sound, it all. You know, it all just builds another world on, or another dimension on top of the whole thing. And then there were, you know, there are smaller things like there's maybe, I don't want to give too many spoilers away, but there are certain scenes where sound effects are used then and it completely changes the scene. You know, it makes it all so much more dramatic because you, when you hear it, you can feel it a lot more. And that was certainly then when we sat down to watch the sound mix, it was one of those moments where we like, God, you know, we actually, we actually made a film here, you know. Um, and then the music, of course, plays on top of that again. That was a lot of fun trying out different things with the musicians, composers called Score Draw Music. Um, you know, they would kind of send stuff back and forward while we were in the edit, and we would try stuff out while we were still editing and things like that. So the post production was very enjoyable because I was sitting at home in my pajamas, and it, all all the all the hard stuff was done. Uh, so yeah, it was great. It was a, the, the post production was a joy. I'd say when you're filming on the sea um, with a, with an infant child and uh, with <laughs> storms, yeah, I, I can imagine post is a bit is a bit more relaxed. Well, I I, I always you know I, I often hear directors and you say, you know, what did you think of the shoot?" And you say, "Oh, I really I had a really good time. I really enjoyed it." And all I can think is, "Am I doing it wrong?" Because you know it's so stressful. I find it also. Well, you know, it was a pand- it was a pandemic on. You know, it was a pandemic on. Yeah, and there is that thing then. And again, I hate to talk about the pandemic, but you know there is that thing then where everything's slower because you're only allowed a certain amount of people in the room and you know, for checks and stuff, like checks don't really happen and things like that. And then as you said, there's a baby involved, who, by the way, was incredible. Like the other actors and all were pinching him to try and make him cry because they were jealous because he was outshining them in the scenes, you know. Um, he was so good. Like there were moments where you were like, we need the baby to cry in this scene and he would turn up and he would cry or you need him to be really happy and he would just be happy, you know, or, or there was a... There was a moment, there's a, there's, a, there's a scene when Peter Coonan's character, Tomas, walks into the room, who's, who's the baby's father, and he walked into the room and the baby went, da-da. It's like, are you joking? Like, is, are, are he's taking the mic, you know? But, uh, and it's funny, casting the baby, you know, they, they kind of show you a load of pictures of babies, but I went for the one called Oscar. I just thought that would be, you know, that, you know, positive thinking and all that sort of stuff. So we had Oscar. Yeah. It was great. That's it. Irish language nomination, foreign language nomination. Yeah. There, there you go. It's a little bit of luck. Did you, um, 
before we leave the edit, actually, there was just, is it important to work with an editor and people that know Irish or that can speak good Irish? What would you, does it make a big, because I'm sure they're like hen's teeth as well. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Um, it's it's everything. It, it comes down to intonation and uh, the way someone says something, not only is the, is the, is the, is the wording correct and is the grammar correct but there's so much there's so much more to the way things are said or um so i i find it i find it very useful um and i you know i've worked with sarah for the guts of eight years she edits all the documentaries i do so again it's about working with people who you've got that sort of second you know second hand with and you, you don't need to kind of tiptoe around she doesn't need to tiptoe around me but in terms of the irish i don't know i i, I would be interested to try it sometime to see what it would be like but I think it would be quite difficult. Now, as, as Ashlyn mentioned, Breach is Irish, was your Breach Brennan's Irish, was school Irish. So, you know, I was always quite amazed at the things she was doing. You, you know, um, we, had a, we had a language coach, Orlani Kearney, that went over the stuff with Breach, but her Irish was flawless as far as I was concerned, you know. Um, and I was telling someone else the story of after a take, I remember I went up to give a note to Bridge and with some of the other actors, you know, with their Irish speakers, I had to go up and talk Irish to them. And of course, I just, once Bridge is talking Irish, I instinctively forget that she's not an Irish speaker. And so I was going up to her and talking Irish to her, you know, she was kind of looking at me like I had two heads, but it was obviously, you know, whatever she was doing was convincing enough that, you know, that it just sounded pitch perfect to me. Brilliant. And um, so now it's, it's getting out there. It's, it's going to be seen in the world. Um, what has the response been so far? It, it's been good. It's coming out on the uh, on the 28th. Uh, and we've had a few instances now. It premiered at Galway. That was online. And it, it, it premiered internationally at Newport Beach. Uh, and we we had a the Belfast Film Festival show, showed it here in, in the Odeon in Belfast. And there was like 400 people at that. And that was, you know, it was a lovely experience for the first time to be watching the film with an audience, you know, it's one of those things you all that's where you always anticipate that it will eventually go but of course when you're when you're filming it and the pandemic happens you're never quite sure will it ever make it there so it's just it's just been a nice experience I, I and after Belfast actually me and Peter Coonan went up to the Derry uh, a few nights later and it was as Ashlyn had mentioned there it was you know it was 80 percent it was an 80 percent female audience and they all came to see that character that character of Leisha played by Breach Brennan and then there was great engagement afterwards in terms of you know representation of an older female character in a, in a intelligent genre movie afterwards so that was it's all good to hear what people think of it and how they're you know how they're taken to the story. Yeah and Ashley. I think it's been uh, really positive it's been great it's as I say I was it was brand new to me too because I'd written it it feels like forever ago now and then I hand it off to Damien. I go off, do my own thing. And then eventually the film's finished. And um, I, I saw it, I was sent it, you know, obviously before it was actually in the festival. And um, I was kind of nervous about watching it just because, I don't know, you always feel a wee bit like, oh God. Uh, I knew that they would have done a good job. It's just that weird feeling that you get. But I just thought it was so, they'd done such a good job. Um, Damien's directing, so nice, so good. Uh, Bridges' performance, everybody's performance, just so everything was perfect. But then when we went to the 
Belfast Film Festival and saw it on the big screen and we had those uh we had the 5.1 sound and everything and um it was on another level you know it just sounded amazing and the sound mix is so good I think in this the score is so good as well love the sound mix I'm a bit nerdy about sound stuff and I thought it was so good Uh, I couldn't really appreciate that in my speakers at home it was fabulous it was so elevating and unobtrusive and it's hard to get that I think yeah you know like it really just added to the to the mood like I my thing is especially when it comes to sound the less I sort of notice but I found myself kind of tensed when I was watching it and then you know you're kind of monitoring what you're as yourself as you're watching it in in a weird way like or or I would because I'm like what am I feeling when I'm engaged in this film but I was like it was actually just just really well um yeah like like a balance it really was the guy the guy who does the sound mix Paul Maines he's kind of a wizard you know he, he does a lot of stuff in the north here but sometimes what I noticed as well are, are the moments when he cuts the sound all together and it re- it's really unsettling, you know, when you've been so used to hearing soundtrack under the bottom of it or, you know, you're used to hearing Atmos under the bottom. The moment that he cuts all sound, you know, the decision not to use any sound at all is like a different experience, you know. So it was just, it's, 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 the, it's almost sometimes the thing that you don't think about until the end and then it just completely yeah. revolutionized. I think it's sound is a is the funny one. I think it's especially in genre and thriller films, um, it is re- one of the top three most important things in the whole film. It's extremely important. And uh, people overlook that. And even the audience, nobody is ever going to say it to you. The casual average audience member is never going to say anything about sound. But I'll tell you what, if it's not good, they'll notice. They won't know what's wrong. It just won't work. And it's so crucial to getting it right. And this film, I think, does a really good job of that. So it was really nice to see it on the big screen and hear the sound properly and uh, to see other people come and enjoy the film It'll be really nice um, then when we go out on the road next week, going to Cork and or Galway and Dublin and uh, see what people make of it again. But yeah, the pos- it's been really positive so far. And then um, one last thing, what are you working on now? So I've got a couple of things on the go. I have another film, uh, an Irish language film with Double Band that I've written and that I'm directing that we're looking at shooting later this year, if we get all the ducks in a row and um, it's a horror film so as far as I'm aware that'll be the first ever Irish language horror film as far as I know I haven't heard of another one anyway um so looking forward to that and um yeah I've got another few things in the pot but as far as Irish language stuff goes that's the one fabulous and Damien yeah uh my wife's a writer so uh, we're developing a film at the minute um uh, a heist film big fan of heist film so we're we're writing a heist film at the minute so hoping to get funding for that at some point later down the line excellent okay well very very exciting um i was i was hoping for uh the the series of this i was like i would definitely want <laughs> the extended version and uh, maybe maybe uh our, our, our the the lead character investigates lead crimes the, yeah i mean if somebody you know, I think she could have her own show if somebody wants to totally watch her. Like, if somebody wanted to make that, I would, I would absolutely write Leisha as a character with her own show. Like she, a few, she a few people have back, actually. She's retired. She gets called back in. <laughs> and deal with all the politics. I would totally watch that. Yeah, 
Yeah, I know a few people said after the Belfast screening, they were, they'd kind of come up and said, you know, what, what happened to her? What did she go on to do? And I was sort of looking over to Ashland going, well, go talk to Ashland, see what happens, you know? But uh, she's such a, and it's it's Breed's as well, you know, it's Breed's own interpretation of it. It's just, you know, it seems to have gone down really, really well with people, the, the character and then Breed's interpretation of it, you know? Yeah, or a prequel, you know, what was she doing? Yeah, yeah. Water? What was she doing in the eighties? I would watch. I would watch her all day. So, <laughs> a lot, but thank you guys so much for chatting with us. That was that was excellent, and um, definitely one for the big screen as well. Thank you so much. It was nice talking to you.